0: This podcast is proudly brought to you by Enterprise Fitness. Hey, hey, folks, it's Mark Tobra here, owner and founder of Enterprise Fitness. And in this episode, we're gonna take a trip down memory lane once again with my very close friend and sensei, Bob Buell. This podcast, me listening back to it, is a little bit comical, uh, in fact. Reason being is Bob and I, I consider Bob one of my closest friends and a dear, dear mentor, and someone who I truly admire and respect. He's taught me an amazing amount in the field of health, fitness, supplementation, uh, biochemical pathways. You know, I I credit him as, you know, he's my number one in terms of mentors and go-to, I suppose, people and senseis in in the world of supplementation, health, and, um, you know, optimizing health. So he taught me muscle testing, and I mean, I've had him, you know. In this podcast, we talk about coming to Australia, and I think some of you know as the story goes. Well, I've had Bob out to Australia, you know, a couple of times a year for the last couple of years. So we've developed quite a close friendship, and this was really the the conversation that kicked it off. So um, yeah, I, I now teach the muscle testing course. Bob's given me his permission, and it's an amazing tool and resource that we use, and you know, hopefully very soon. Um, in maybe next year or so we'll be able to bring Bob out again and you know if you do get the opportunity to learn from Bob it's an opportunity that uh, is very special Bob is a purist clinician he is a master at what he does when Bob teaches you really know that you're you're being taught by someone who's not only just wise but someone it's it's truth has a resonance and when Bob speaks you listen because he speaks truth so he's someone I respect uh, profoundly, I admire, uh, and very, very grateful to call him my friend. So please uh, enjoy this podcast. You know, Bob is a tremendous resource and uh, I kind of you know, really have a saying that if Bob said it, well, it's, it must be true because Bob, you know, he's right about you know, a lot of things. And when he doesn't know something, you know, he's humble enough to say he doesn't know. But please enjoy and let us know what you think At the end of the podcast, you know, check us out on our social, Facebook, Instagram, and of course our YouTube, which is growing. And uh, if you like this podcast, jump on our SoundCloud account and Enterprise Fitness on SoundCloud and subscribe to us there as well as the iTunes. And always really, really appreciate any comments or if you guys want to share this. And we do it for the love of it. and I do it for the love of it. And um, just really want to get the good information out. And hopefully one day I'll see you in seminar and I'll be able to teach you um, what Bob and, and pass the torch forward hopefully one day. If you're listening to this, you'll have me on your podcast show and um, I'll be talking about the great Bob Gill. So enjoy this and uh, speak to you on the other side. So welcome to the show, Bob. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Mark. Thanks for having me. Excellent so um, how did I mean I've learned from you in seminar when uh, Charles Pokin brought you out to Australia and you you taught muscle testing to the class, but how did Bob uh, Gill become Bob Gill? Health and fitness and nutrition extraordinary Tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to where
1: you are today Well, it's kind of a long story. It started quite a few years ago. I had met this chiropractor who was doing muscle testing. I was probably in my early 30s at the time. And uh, I went in one day, and I wasn't feeling well. And he said, well, I do this, this technique. Let me try it on you. Maybe I can help you figure it out. And he started doing the muscle testing on me. And, of course, you know, that was back in the early 80s. And uh, I thought for sure he slipped. Thought he lost his mind. But he, was, he did become a good friend, so I listened to him and I did everything he said. And sure enough, in a couple of weeks, I started feeling better. He soon became my primary care. And then after uh, a few years and deciding I wanted to redirect my life, I went back to school, took a job working with him, uh, mentored directly under him, and he guided me through the whole thing. And then uh, I just kept pursuing the education. And basically, that's how it started, and here I am today. I just continue to learn and grow, and I really enjoy the field. So, When you say you kept pursuing education, uh, what, are, what
0: are some, I suppose, uh, things that have had, in terms of education, a, a profound impact
1: on the work that you do today? I'll, I'll be honest with you. The, the thing that has the most profound impact, education, it was great, but you can only get so much from education. What's had the most profound impact is, is many of the seminars that I've gone to, and you keep an open mind and you listen to what these people have to say, and then you try it in practice, and being open-minded and understanding that there is no one answer to anything. So you have to take in as much as you can, and you have to work with it. So were you trained formally as a nutritionist? Yes, I have a master's degree in, in nutritional biochemistry or new, applied clinical nutrition.
0: So um, from there, obviously what you do today, would you say is uh, pr- very different to
1: what you were formerly taught? No, I wouldn't say it's different. I would say it's, um, it's advanced, itself. It's advanced uh, itself. My training wasn't as a dietitian. My training was specific from from New York Chiropractic College in using uh, nutrition nutritional supplementation and herbal medicine to help augment chronic illnesses and disease states completely different than a dietitian. Right. So
0: just just I suppose to define the difference what 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 is the major difference between how you were trained and how a dietitian is trained?
1: Well, a dietitian is mostly trained For a hospital setting, their their training is specific to dietary needs, um, which can get a little skewed as we know. If you've ever stayed in a hospital, it's hard to believe that some of your food comes from a nutritionist. But um, so they're trained more for the hospital setting, and as they get more advanced, they're trained in tube feeding, things of this nature. One of the I don't know about in Australia, but one of the big conflicts here is dietitians. Are taught to preach the food pyramid. My training was specifically, and we looked at the pathways: what vitamins, minerals, nutrients, what pathways did they belong into? How did they fit into those pathways, and how did they help in resolving specific disease states? Uh, we have some of the similar training as nutritionists, but it goes a little bit farther than that, and we look at a lot of research-based evidence to back up what we have to do. And that's pretty much the difference. Okay, so really concerning yourselves with
0: the pathways of how the body actually functions and then using things like food and supplementation to open up those pathways, whereas a dietitian is essentially just there to um, keep someone from being ill. Is that probably a, a fair summary? Yeah, to keep them nourished keep when nourished. they're sick. Yeah. All righty, so uh, tell us about your practice. you know uh what tools
1: do you use to help and clients to optimize their health? I use a vast array of tools, obviously, as you know, I use the muscle testing as my my main source uh, my main tool, but I use a wide variety of nutritional supplements from several companies. Uh, I use herbal medicine, I use homeopathy. I use obviously I, I augment everything with with diet and, and exercise, science as much as possible. So I, I provide kind of a whole health, holistic kind of a pathway. It really covers everything. And if there's something I can't handle, I'm in the office with a chiropractor who does also does a lot of soft tissue work. So we bounce off each other in that respect. In my office, we have we just opened up a new office. We have a full exercise facility as well so we pretty much cover. You know, aside from prescribing medications we cover anything and everything you would need to maximize your your health
0: and, and is there a common client uh, that you see or do you really have a, a very broad range of uh, clientele that comes in to, to you treat
1: yeah my i i do have a broad range uh, i get i get a lot of people that are referred i would say the main Referral base for my business is people who've been chronically ill, have been passed from doctor to doctor, been through the medical field, aren't getting the results they want, maybe on four, five, six, eight medications, still not feeling well, sick of getting the run around from the doctors. That's predominantly what I get, no matter what age, what ailment, what the situation is. That's the predominant um, type of person I see in my practice. Aside from that, I also do weight loss, do some rehab. I do get some people, and I am uh, PICP certified, so I get some people who just want to do something different with their workouts. Um, I get children as young as five and clients as old as 85. so quite a big spectrum and do you do any
0: uh, lab testing like formal lab testing like organic acid profile, hair mineral analysis testing bloods or do you you just use the muscle testing
1: I I predominantly use the muscle testing, I will look at any lab tests that they bring in Um, Massachusetts is kind of funny because uh, as an MS I'm not allowed to run those tests if I were in another state I could run those tests, Massachusetts doesn't allow you to Connecticut or New York or Vermont, I could do it. Okay. So um, that said, if I need blood work done, or if I feel that I should run some of those tests, I will have uh, the chiropractor. He can he can run them, and he'll, have, he'll run them for me.
0: Yeah, So I, I know what your, um, your form of muscle testing is and I know how involved it is and how you use the leg and how it is quite different to you know, a lot of people on the line who are listening now. They might go, yeah, I've done muscle testing before. That's the thing where you, you, know, you put your hand out and someone pushes on it. But your form of muscle testing is quite different. Um, I just want to explain a, a little bit of, uh, I suppose, the difference between your style and the standard way.
1: Okay, well, muscle testing is 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 kind of like the martial arts. The truth is, there's a lot of similarity. Um, the the difference when you look at most muscle testing, I use the leg first off. I, I'd like to clarify that because um, it's a lot harder for the client to cheat and resist with the leg, so you get it's you get a lot truer of a reading as, as you've probably seen when you've had the muscle testing. Mm. It's a lot easier for them to kind of cheat with the arm for whatever reason. The leg is just more telling. But the biggest thing with, with the form of muscle testing that I do and, and all the other ones are out there is, is pretty much all other muscle testing is on the paradigm that strong is good, weak is bad, and they leave it there. The biggest thing with the form of muscle testing that I do and the way that I use it is there's, it, it goes beyond that. And as you've seen it, you know, uh, probably in the class, a lot of people get stuck on this, what we call the clearing pattern, which becomes the most difficult thing. But that becomes more telling, and it's based on the fact that strong or weak doesn't really mean as much. It doesn't give you an answer as much as when the body really is trying to address something or fix something, the energy pattern changes. So... And it's, it's hard to explain this way. It's a lot easier, obviously, to do it in court in class. But as, I, as I've told you, and I'm sure you remember, when you look at your hand as a tool, there's three different polarities on your hand. You have neutral, positive, and negative. Mm. And when you can get these changes in patterns and you can see how it changes, you get a more uh, beneficial healing effect. Uh, anybody who's done standard muscle testing where they use the strong is good, weak is bad – uh, mentality, whenever I teach them how to go beyond that and look at these changes in patterns and go for the clearing pattern, almost always one hundred percent of the time will contact me and say they 're learning so much more they 're seeing so much more in their patients. I understand what you mean by this it just carries it 's kind of like the person who taught me it would say that if you were to look at standard muscle testing compared to that pattern, standard muscle testing is kind of an undergrad. And when you look at what we do, it's more like a post grad. It just goes that much deeper in the body. So is that clear enough?
0: <laughs> that is absolutely. Um, so there's obviously you spoke. You touched on a couple of things about a clearing pattern. Um, where, where does where does uh, I suppose the clearing pattern come from? Now this is obviously something that's that's been around for quite a while. Well, can you talk about the history of it a little bit?
1: Well, the people that that taught me muscle testing. Um, Years ago, when they were first doing it, obviously, uh, um, they were schooled in several different techniques, and they fell upon it accidentally. And this was back in the, I believe, in the 80s. They fell upon it accidentally. And they found this weird paradigm and started to realize that your your hand actually has different – the back of your hand has a different polarity than the palm of your hand, and it's different than the, the fingertips. So they started experimenting with it, and there were other doctors involved at the time. I know of one out in California and, and a couple other doctors, so they started experimenting with this. And they actually did a study where they took uh, about 300 patients, and half of them were treated – With the old paradigm, strong is good, weak is bad. And the others were treated with this new find about the clearing pattern. And the results were so significantly better with the clearing pattern. In addition, you could use so much less supplements to get a better result because it was just more specific to the client, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. so from there they just started preaching that in the nrt model and it's become kind of a stay oh by the way just before we go too far there are two forms of nrt out there so let's not get this confused um basically when you look at the clearing pattern and what does it mean if you take let's say for instance you have a thyroid issue if the thyroid is actually damaged and you want to repair it when you're doing muscle testing and you're looking at the type of work you do with it, you're actually trying to elicit the body's ability to actually correct the problem. And the easiest way to clarify that is when, when you test something and it gets strong and that supports the thyroid, that's usually what you'll see in muscle testing. It's kind of treating allopathically with natural supplements. They'll take and they'll give them thyroid support. But it doesn't necessarily fix the thyroid. It just keeps it functioning better. When you go into this paradigm of the clearing pattern, which is hard to explain via words, but it gets weak again. But it gets weak with all aspects of the hand. The easiest way to define that is simply that, and this will make sense, is that if the body can really fix something, it's going to now send or pulse more energy to that area. So the energy actually starts to pulse. And that's the change in the pattern, which we call the clearing pattern. Right. And just to backtrack
0: just one second, just to catch the, the listener up to speed, um, can you just talk a little bit and just define NRT?
1: I'm sorry, say that again?
0: Um, can you just define NRT just for the listener to catch them up to speed? I don't think right. NRT that. is
1: Nutritional Reflex Technique. Um. There's another one out there, and I, I can't remember what the NRT stands for, but it, it was this was designed by Dr. Gary Lesneski, um and patented in the eighties.
0: Okay, and you also there's also the implementation of um, I believe it's uh, not acupuncture sites, but it's very similar. You have uh, sites on the body that you can uh, for thyroid, uh, for metabolism, etc. Do you want to uh, yes. touch on these a little bit?
1: Yeah, there there are several points on the human body. And when you look at these points that we use um, for muscle testing, they correlate directly with acupuncture points. The only difference is our definition is is a little bit different. We use more of a Western understanding of biochemistry to define those acupuncture points as opposed to um, the Eastern definition. And for instance, let's say you have a liver point and the liver shows that it's weak in acupuncture you know they would say you know the liver tea is damp or something to that effect what we do is we actually look at it and within RT, we can look at it and say okay well the liver point is off why is it because of the phase one or phase two problem is it viral is it a fatty liver is the liver off because there's something else going on in the body that's stressing the liver and that's how we look at it
0: good and how long uh, how long has the way you have been doing this been so you said it started in the 80s is that right? Yes okay and you've been practicing this style since how long have you been in practice for this? I started learning it um, about 14 years ago. Excellent. So you're one of the uh, what you'd call early adapters to the
1: to the scene. Right, I'm, I'm actually the only one certified by the people who originally developed this technique to uh, actually teach it, uh, other than, than Dr. Lesneski himself.
0: Now, I know there's going to be a couple of people on the line, and you know, I've definitely used um, uh, the muscle testing, the NRT style, which you taught me as an adjunct uh, to the biosignature, and definitely with great success. So I actually wrote an article about Janet Kane, how I Implemented both by signature and muscle testing uh, to help her essentially win one of her um, competitions in Miss Australia, and as I said, it worked absolutely um, amazingly. But there's obviously going to be some people out there who are kind of a little bit on the fence. Um, so, what would you say to people who would say uh, to you, "Muscle testing uh, is more hocus pocus"? How do you, how would you respond to that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I hear that all the time. In fact, I'm often called. The voodoo doctor, the wizard, um, the alien doctor. I'm going to call all kinds of things because of that. Um, it's like anything else. It, and I've had chiropractors and, and doctors say this to me. Well, there's no scientific proof behind it. But I think as a worldwide society, we've gotten to the point where we believe that if scientists have, and science hasn't already defined it, then there's no science behind it. Where science used to be, well, we don't understand it. Let's figure it out. Mm. So – One of the things I say is there is a a science behind it. And if you've ever taken quantum – or I'm sorry – organic chemistry, you'll know that all molecules are held together by uh, electromagnetic frequency. Uh, So everything basically has a frequency, a unique frequency in and of itself. So what the body is registering is it's registering that frequency. When you look at these acupuncture points – They have their own frequency. In fact, I saw photos documented at MIT uh, that show these halos of energy that engulf all these acupuncture points, and they've shown uh, certain types of photos that can show the auras of energy around human beings, so they know they're there. Um, They just don't understand what they're for. So when you look at these acupuncture points and how they relate to deficits in the body, if there's a problem the correlating acupuncture points, the energy will be deficient. So when you're testing them, the body can read these electromagnetic fields with the supplements and things like that, and it can determine whether it's good, bad, or indifferent to the body. And no matter how you define it, it kind of sounds hokey until you go through it. <laughs> All right.
0: So another thing that I would I'd just like so to add, add on. Sorry, are you going to say something else?
1: No, I was going to say, does that kind of clear it up for you?
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. So basically, just to recap, there is a science to it. It's just that it hasn't yet been uh, explained in, a, I suppose, a quantifiable uh, term
1: yet. Uh, would you agree with that? I, I I solely, I wholly agree with that. You'd have to look at it. would be a quantum physics model, definitely, and bioenergetics in probably the reason that there hasn't been anybody to scientifically prove it because as you know research is expensive and nobody's putting the money into trying to, to identify these well, pathways in these facts
0: well definitely when uh the money would be made by the practitioner not by the
1: pharmaceutical company right um, and, and as we all know most of the uh money goes in their favor. So anyway, we won't get into that, right? (laughs) Well, if you want to. But uh, we'll move on to the next question. Um,
0: Another thing I'd like to just add to this, uh, I remember you teaching me this, is that uh, muscle testing only works to the degree of knowledge of the tester. So for example, if someone doesn't understand how glutathione works in the body, they won't be able
1: to test for it. Is that correct? Yes, that's exactly correct. Um, I've seen these seminars where they'll take in anybody and teach them muscle testing, and these people run out now and they think that they're some spiritual healer. Uh, It's, it's, how can you, how can you effectively, as you said, if you don't understand the glutathione pathways, how can you effectively um, treat it? You know, if you're testing the liver and you don't know what phase one or phase two detox is, how can you test for it? You know, So the practitioner has to test to the level of their ability, and that's not to say, like yourself, you've had some really good success with it. That doesn't mean you can start learning more and carrying it a little bit farther. Mm. But don't – in other words, if you're a personal trainer and you've got extensive knowledge on you know the bio-sig and using uh, nutrients for performance, weight loss, things like that, don't try to cure cancer with it. It's not going to work. You don't understand the biochemistry. of The cancer. How are you gonna? How are you gonna understand it?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. So you really you have to use it specifically for what you're uh, trying to do with a client. As I said, in my case, it's always about optimal body composition. So when using it, it's using it in the perspective of optimal body composition, not in the perspective
1: of healing. Um, which is a very right. Good distinction. Which is not to say that you know if you took another course. I was able to teach you a few more points, give you a few basic understandings, and then you did some research you wouldn't be able to carry a little bit farther.
0: Yeah, got it. Uh, now, you have lectured on behalf of the uh, the Poliquin Institute. There was a funny story how you got the gig, something about Charles putting harmful pharmaceuticals in a muscle testing kit and then labeling it as a, a vitamin or something. Uh, would you be able to tell us a little bit about that
1: story? <laughs> yeah, it is kind of a funny story because I had no idea who Charles Poliquin was, and he, and you know Charles. So I get this phone call one day in my office, and I'm like, hey, you love you? <laughs> yeah? Can I help you? Uh, you do muscle testing? Yeah? All right. I want you to come down to my place tomorrow and show me. <laughs> I'm like, well, who is this? <laughs> you know, that's Charles. Yeah. So anyways, I went down there, and I talked to him, and I, I realized that he was um, really serious about this, and I got to know him really well. So he said, okay um, I'd like you, you to test some things on me. And, um, so I went through my testing. It was all quick and dirty testing. And, and I found some things with him and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, go test this, test this. And I, he put something in, he put something in his head. I said, don't, don't you ever, <laughs> don't you ever take this, whatever it is. I don't know what's in here, but it'll shut your heart down. And he goes, Hey, no, Charles, I'll tell you what he said. But anyways, <laughs> he sat up and he said, you're the first person I've had, I don't know what he said, five or six different people coming in here doing muscle testing. And they all said, oh, you need this. This is great. This helps you a lot. And I was able to see that it would stop his heart. And the reason being is because, again, it goes back to that paradigm. I didn't go by the precedence that strong is good and weak is bad. I went beyond that. All the other muscle testers, they made it strong. So they thought it was good. It would have killed them.
0: What What was in the vial?
1: I don't even remember. I know he said one of them was rat poisoning or something to that effect.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, in ter- so, yeah, it just kind of um, goes one step further as to what you were saying before about this being the uh, – the, what would you say? The, the post-grad study of muscle testing? Yes. Yeah, but almost in that example, it it almost shows that uh, without this kind of awareness of muscle testing, muscle testing can actually do harm. Um, You know, if you if you're just searching for strong, uh, especially in the case that you just gave there. So, um, in terms of uh, your overarching philosophy around health and fitness, uh, what are some things that you can teach the listener today to start maximizing their health?
1: to maximize their health. Yeah. One of the key things I can say is 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 a phrase um that I learned a long time ago and it was from one of the more most famous health gurus of of my life growing up. And that's basically if man made it, don't eat it. <laughs> that was Jack Levine? Jack Levine, yes. Yeah. Um the the most important thing with people it's it's very hard to say because you don't know what you're genetically predisposed to. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what's inside your health. The biggest thing that I can say is, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, I'm a big advocate of pretty much eating the Paleolithic diet, um, drinking filtered water only, and trying to stay as clean as you can, and, and take, some, take a good, healthy multivitamin. The biggest problem people make with supplements is they try to get the cheapest, the best deal they can. Mm. vitamins are like everything else out there you get what you pay for Um, that would be the quickest and easiest way I did a talk the other day at the local hospital for stroke patients and they were asking me something about the food and I kind of stopped everybody and I said well what you guys don't understand is you're asking me questions you're asking me how you can cheat you're not asking me the healthiest way to eat you're asking me how you can cheat most of you were here today because of the way you ate, mm. and then I went on to talk about, you know, basically the paleo diet and the benefits of that, and processed carbs and how that's probably got a where they are.
0: What What's one thing? I know this is a little bit off topic, but what's one thing that you see in your practice in terms? I know you spoke before about pathways, but is there specific pathways that you see uh, a lot more common today than you know? I suppose when you started because of a, a poor diet.
1: I one thing that I see a lot now, and it's getting more and more. Um, in fact, I had a, a just the other day, a nine-year-old girl, sudden onset OCD, came in my office. They wanted to put on a ton of meds. Her mom heard about me, said, "Can you help me?" It was gluten. Right. Yep. Yep. Gluten. Gluten. Uh, vitamin D. Poor glutathione pathways poor methylation pathways; those are very, very common. Yeah, so, vitamin D, something like a
0: B six, B nine, B twelve, and a multivitamin is, uh, and a gluten free diet is 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 essentially the um, the advice, I suppose, that gets commonly uh, prescribed.
1: Yeah, even even in my work with poliquin, there's probably. Dozens of people to tell you that just just by me muscle testing and finding out they had problems with gluten that they didn't know changed their lives.
0: Yeah, I had a uh, Doctor Tom O'Brien on the show uh, a couple months ago. Now, uh, sorry, almost a year, two years ago now. Uh, but yeah, he was yeah, Doctor O'Brien. Yeah, yep. yeah he, he's got a great couple of a set of DVDs. I remember you testing me on gluten, and I was one of the few in the class who had absolutely no sensitivities to it. But uh, I still stay a hundred percent away from it after learning what I've learned from Tom. Um yeah I don't even wanna wanna risk it. Um detox it's, it's it's not a good food for anybody. No. Um detoxification is a buzzword that gets thrown around the industry a heck of a lot today. Now I learned some some pretty important stuff from you. Uh, can you share with us some basic stuff about detoxification that most people really get wrong?
1: Yeah. Uh one of the biggest things with detoxification is it's not as easy as people think it is. A lot of people will go on these detox protocols like the 10-day fasting detox and um, those types of things. Those don't really, really pull toxins out of the tissue. When you look at things like mercury, arsenic, lead, cadmium, they have affinities for, for specific tissues. So when you do a, basically a, a detox protocol, all you're doing is you're cleaning out your gut. You're not really pulling out things out of the tissue that's that's a much harder job than people realize and there's other things you have to do one of the big mistakes people make and this is one of the biggest is when detoxing is all the enzymes that your liver needs to detox things are protein dependent and these people fast and they limit the amount of proteins they take in and they're actually stressing their liver more so this is why
0: vegetarians are the poor, the poorest detoxifiers out of all groups. Yes. Yeah, because they they that, can't. Cause... Sorry, go go on.
1: Yeah, they they, they are one be, not only because they're they're protein deficient; they're deficient in a lot of key nutrients. So
0: would you say one of the, the, I suppose, P1 and P2, because P2 being obviously uh, needing the amino acids, um, it both gets you know dramatically uh, sacrificed in terms of function. Um, but yeah, I know, especially if you go on Facebook, a lot of people talk about uh, alkalinity and uh, how an alkaline diet will help detoxify you when uh, you know if you know the pathways, that actually is not true because of the fact that you need the amino acids to essentially... Uh, um, you know, make it through for a full, complete detoxification. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add? I suppose on the alkalinity and uh, acidity balance that people often get wrong too.
1: Yeah, the the biggest problem with that is yes, you know, um, there's a lot of evidence that shows that certain things can make you more acidic, and in those cases, you want to you know you want to alkaline a little bit. And if you have a cancer or something to that effect, to run slightly alkaline can be more beneficial. But what people don't get, and this is because this, it's a big fad around here now too, is you can get alkalidosis as well. You can get so alkaline that you're, and again, your enzymes don't function correctly and you get all kinds of other problems because you're too alkaline. The body has a homeostatic range in which it wants to work. For health benefits, you want to just be slightly on the more alkaline range of that homeostatic range. You don't want to be super alkaline, just like you don't want to be super acidic. Your body has many mechanisms to help control that um, diet being one of them, but it, you know proteins don't really make you acidic the way you think it if you 're getting too acidic from proteins you 're just probably simply not eating enough vegetables mm.
0: Um, just get elaborating on that point, because I mean, there are probably, I know I get asked this probably from time to time, maybe once a month about alkalinity and versus acidity. But I once heard that, uh, cancer cells are actually killed off at night in when you're in an acidic state. Is this, is this
1: something you've, you've, you've seen or learned? I, you know, I hear, I'll tell you to be honest with you, I hear so many conflicting stories about cancer cells, you know, I read an interesting article and I posted on my Facebook thing the other day um, about an interview regarding Suzanne Summers and how she cured her own cancer. And this company went and they interviewed these doctors and they admitted that 30 to 40% of all cancers would probably cure themselves anyway. Mm. But they still force everybody to get on chemo and their success rate is like 3%. So Mm. what one of the doctors admittedly said was that we're actually killing people who probably would survive the cancer.
0: Wow, I actually had a uh, I did a private uh, consult with a very good uh, functional medicine doctor here in Australia, uh, and he said that uh, in terms of cancer, if you look at the numbers, uh, having a best friend improves your chances of surviving cancer. Around eight to sixteen percent. Having two best friends increases it another eight percent, and he basically went on to say that if you if you do all these, I suppose holistic lifestyle things like being connected to the earth and etc etc, it greatly improves your risks of uh, greatly improves your chances of uh, curing your own cancer. Uh, But then he also went on to say that uh, the statistics on chemo leave out one thing. the thing they leave out is the fact is it's only uh, a five-year window that they're showing you, meaning that it will cure your cancer for five years, but at the fifth year, you'll get it again. Um, And that's the biggest problem with chemo. And if you analyze it in a 10-year window, it's actually a 1% uh, uh, improvement rate,
1: which I found extremely interesting. Exactly. And, you know, that's... It's such a money-driven, bogus way of looking at health care. It infuriates me. I, I just recently had a very, very good friend who passed away from cancer, and that was a horror story. Um, he had a tumor removed. I had him really, really healthy about three to four months into it. He was doing really good. The tumor hadn't grown. He was he was out playing golf, doing what he wanted to do, decided to get into this study, went into the study. Two and a half weeks into the study, they kicked him out because... Two and a half weeks after being on the drug, his tumor grew to eight inches and they kicked him out. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so in my mind, the, the, the chemotherapy actually promoted the tumor growth. That's, that's incredible.
0: So moving on to a, a different topic again, uh, you see a lot of athletes. Uh, what, what do you think is one, one thing that overall athletes do wrong with their nutrition and supplementation? <laughs> besides the pre-workouts
1: yeah it's amazing how many athletes don't know how to eat don't understand how much protein they should take in, don't know how to space out their meals, skip breakfast you know, uh, drink way too much, and that type of thing so I, again the biggest uh, you know, and I keep coming back to this and I drive back to this because I, I preach it is, is really when you look at the paleolithic diet just eat smart they, they typically don't consume enough protein and they, they drink way too much.
0: When you say they drink uh, way too much, are you saying they drink uh, alcohol too much? Alcohol. Yeah.
1: They drink way too much alcohol. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Um, what, what's something in terms of, uh, so obviously, aside from getting the nutrition more paleolithic, cutting back on the alcohol, obviously, removing gluten. Do you see a lot of errors in terms of supplementation with athletes? Because I know for me, I, I see a lot of uh, people who train quite hard just taking a lot of the wrong supplements. What are some uh, commonalities you've seen?
1: Oh, yeah, all the time. The big one is, is um, uh, the omega-3s. I've seen, I've seen a lot of people, a lot of athletes who um, they flip the scales the wrong way because now their omega-3s are too high with respect to the omega-6 and omega nine. They take too many for too long a period. I try to explain to them that they should cycle on and off of them. Mm. Uh, that's that's a big one. Um, uh, it, it, it really depends because a, what a lot of what I see a lot of people doing is they're going to your GNC or they're reading something online and they're buying some useless supplement over the counter. Uh, you know like these n o two boosters and uh, the energy drinks that 's some of the stuff I see that is disgustingly abused um even Gatorade. people drink gatorade like it's it 's water and it throws off your electrolytes if you drink too much you know but that 's common yeah but it 's just it 's just seeing what they see and, and mimicking everybody else i think that 's what irritates me the most i don 't know. Yeah. What about you?
0: Uh, what I see, I, I see a lot of uh, probably s- like the biggest thing I see is people use using sports supplement brands or chemist brands. So they, they might be taking, uh, well, a lot of the time when they're using a sports supplement brands, they're taking the completely wrong products. So they're taking things like pre-workouts that have too much caffeine, um, too much too much of everything basically. And it's keeping them up at night. It's keeping them amped. Um, and they're not able to fall asleep and these type of things or they're on a lot of fat burners, just too aggressive in the supplements they're taking because they, they want to feel something. They want to have a pump during a workout and, and feel invincible, but what they don't realize is that there's a downside to that as well. Uh, the fact that they, you know, for lack of a better word, their yin energy isn't being replenished.
1: Um, so right. that, that's probably the biggest thing that I see. That's I guess that's what I was trying to say, but you just said it more eloquently than I did. It's just taking everything and pumping themselves up and buying, you know, on the internet and buying over the counter and buying things that aren't really scientifically thought out. Yeah, it's the, like I said, the NO two boosters and the uh, the energy drinks and the you know, pre workout stats You know, and taking way too much.
0: Yeah, and the other thing as well with fish oil is a lot of them take fish oil that's the cheapest, which obviously has the heavy metals in it. Um, which are the, again, then they have the problem of detoxifying heavy metals. So uh, you know, just there's this perpetuating cycle of they take the supplements, but they're taking the wrong supplements. So it's actually not doing. It's stressing out their body more than than what they it's worth. They just need to to spend the money on the right stuff. Correct. Buy less and get better. Uh, so do you have any final thoughts? In regard to... Uh, I suppose just us, uh, everything that we've spoken about today, I, I suppose uh, your overarching summary of, of
1: our uh, discussion today. Uh, just that you know, your, your health is yours. And, and you have to own it and you have to take care of it. You, you, need, to, you need to seek out good, reliable, educated people. There's, there's too much information on the internet now, and this is, again goes back to the athletes, where they're getting misled. People like yourself, people like me, um, people like Charles Poliquin, people who really um, are good authorities and know, people need to understand that that's where they need to take their health care to. Don't, it, 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 taking your health care completely in your own hands is, is, is kind of like prescribing yourself prescription medications. Mm. You really don't know enough about it. Seek someone who does. You're just guessing. And again, it brings us back to what you said. People are just buying everything, buying all these things, buying whatever's the cheapest, taking way too much. Now they're, toxic. they're building up toxicities in their bodies. They're not sleeping right. Everything is off. That's why we're here. Yeah. And what and, are you... uh...
0: Sorry, go, go ahead. On. I was just going to ask, what are you currently working on? In what respect? Uh, at the moment, uh, what, what are you? Are you just practicing now, or are you looking at running any seminars or anything like this in the future? Um,
1: well, I, I, I am. I, I've, I've been talking to uh, Tom Hibbert in England. It looks like I'm probably going to be doing a, a two-day muscle testing seminar out there at the end of February. Um, I, I'd like to get in a couple more. I really, um, I, I like to share what I know. I like, like yourself. You remember the seminar we had. Um, people get it and they understand it and they use it like you are. It really just makes me feel good about what I'm doing. So I'd, I'd like to do more seminars. I'm doing a few talks locally. I'm doing a talk on stroke uh, at the University of Massachusetts in November. I'm giving a talk on gluten sensitivity uh, this week uh, in Northampton. Um, and other than that, really right now, just practicing. Like I said, we we moved into a new building um and it looks like it's gonna be a start of something really good uh and i I've, I've focus on that i'd like to get back into teaching more muscle testing though um uh, because there's a lot of receptive people out there like yourself that that really got it and, and i know you're doing good things with it
0: awesome so if we can get you out to australia we most certainly will i'll uh put the feelers out and uh see if we can well, you, you'd come to australia
1: Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, you guys um, heard it in first. In I, I, I share a few friends out there and I uh, had already asked them if I were to come out and do a seminar would they'd be interested in and it was a pretty resounding yes. Awesome. Great
0: to hear. So every, all the listeners on the line, if you are interested in a, in a seminar in Australia with Bob, uh, do contact us and we can uh, obviously, that's uh, info at enterprisefitness.com.au and uh, we can see what we can do. Uh, that's awesome and how can people get in contact with you
1: uh right now i'm I'm working on a website it won't be done for another week or so Uh, i am on facebook uh, just bob gill i also have my website for my business up there integrative health and fitness Uh, or they can can email me at my email bob at yahoo.com
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Bob. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I know uh, a lot of the listeners today will get a lot of great pearls of wisdom uh, from the call. So thanks again.
1: Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate it. This is great.
0: There it is, folks, the podcast and first interview that I did with Bob Gill back before we, we really became friends and really got to know each other. You know, I suppose if you heard each other, speak now would be, would be throwing a lot more insults at each other. I mean, guys relate to each other with insults they don't mean. So, you know, it's one of those things and I think it'd probably be a bit more entertaining as well. So, what I'm saying is, folks, if you want us to do round two, me and Bob, uh, let me know on the Facebook socials. The more noisy you are, you know, if you, you put requests on, leave us reviews and say, let's have a Bob Bob back or let's do a call-in show with Bob. Let us know, be vocal about it. That's what we like to hear, get involved. Uh, you know, it's all about providing you the experience and the content that you want. So so let me know what you, what you want me to do there. Uh, Till next time, guys, there's a lot of stuff in the world of enterprise. If you like the stuff that we're doing recently and, and lately, do subscribe to our account on YouTube because we're putting out new videos every week. Probably about three to four videos every week. So and really super awesome videos, if I don't say so myself. I've got an amazing team and they really do a great job with making our content as entertaining and as informative as humanly possible. So yeah, support us there on YouTube, share it on your social medias if you want to show your support. And look if you want to get involved in Enterprise, do reach out to us. Info at enterprisefitness.com.au. We're always looking for great trainers. And you know, obviously if you want us to train you and you want to become a client of Enterprise, reach out to us love to hear from you and see if we can help so that's it for now till next time you hear from me train hard supplement smart and eat well <laughs>
1: i give you what you need, the proper way to exercise. From your company decide size me, not the mother guy.